0: Opinions and ideas expressed in the following Moraine Valley Broadcast Channel recording are those of its creators and do not represent the views of Moraine Valley Community College.
1: Hey everyone, hello. Welcome back to Student Talk Network. This is episode three. My name is Lauren Payton.
2: I'm
0: Abby Anderson.
2: I'm Alex Orzek. I'm
0: Asher Ziegler. And on our last episode, we were discussing discourse, which is basically the written or spoken communication or a debate about something. Um, you can either like speak or write authoritatively about a topic, or it's like a speech, just like any type of written or research about a certain type of topic.
2: Basically any kind of, so like point of view from any particular right. group.
0: So today we're going to continue the conversation about discourse and break it down into the types of discourse around obesity. The types of discourse we studied were the food industry, political and popular discourse, and also academic discourse we'll start by hearing Alex's research
2: okay so the food industry is one particular type of discourse that I'm going to be talking about and those include companies such as Kellogg's Kraft Coca-Cola or uh, Pepsi I found that one study tied to the food industry uh, that tries to discredit sugar guidelines was published by authors who had ties to the food industry it says that they claimed that warnings to cut sugar are weak and cannot be trusted These very authors had soon received criticism for their publishings, though. Well, I mean, I'm not really surprised about that because, I mean, they're being paid to talk about something that they don't even know about. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. if they're just going to...
0: It's not really their real opinion about it. It's just like what they... it's like they're getting paid, so they don't really care. They don't care what they say about it.
2: Um, Another thing the article said was uh, the food companies were allied with the scientists uh, since the 1960s. And, I mean, that goes all the way back to the tobacco industry when... Uh, in one of their articles, The Perils of, Perils of Ignoring History, Big Tobacco, uh, played Dirty Minds and Millions Died, they said that uh, the, the tobacco industry had a playbook, a script, that emphasized personal responsibility, paying scientists who delivered research that instilled doubt, criticizing the junk science that food harms associated with smoking. Which, I mean, you can just take out smoking and put in, like, food. Because that's exactly what the food industry was doing. Millions of people paid the price. Same with today. Except the food industry's plan was that it was all personal responsibility. So who cares what you're eating, how many calories you're intaking, taking, sugar. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Vilify critics with totalitarian language. Characterizing them as the food police, leaders of a nanny state, Mm -hmm. and even food fascists. Mm -hmm. Trying to control, basically, just, again, everything you're doing. And again, they emphasize the physical activity over diet. So the food industry is really just trying to take every other type of discourse and like, turn them against each other just to make themselves look the best.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. put the blame on other people so that it steers the blame away from them. Okay, and then so I had political discourse. Um, what I've learned from my research is that the food industry employs people who are professional liars that profit off of their fabrications and deceptions made to the public. And according to the same article that Alex did, The Perils of Ignoring History, the food industry consists of massive agribusiness, food sellers, and restaurants. These are like Midland, PepsiCo, and definitely McDonald's. All of these are represented by lobbyists and trade organizations that represent the food industry as a positive and progressive industry that strives for the good of the, quote, public's health. When in reality, they support the food industry's profits by stating positive remarks or remarks that actually steer away from logical evidence pointing the finger towards the food industry. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you know, they'll say... You know, it's your responsibility to exercise and all that other stuff instead of looking at who's really to blame.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the articles Mm. that are being posted, like the tobacco one and uh, the sugar one and even the uh, candy one, all the articles are just from these nonprofit organizations. So, which that's interesting. I mean, these organizations who are being funded by these big companies like Kellogg's and everything like that, they Mm. aren't. They
1: just have an agenda all their own. You know what I mean? They have a bias all their own, just like we talked about in class. The bias and the interest. What's it called? The different interest. Um, But um, So as well as persuading lawmakers to make laws that is for the food industry and their sales. So the food industry tries to get on the side of the lawmakers and the political people to benefit their sales. And they have a huge amount of clout, which benefits them by again making um, less regulation laws against them, promoting their products and helping in marketing, and pushing to avoid those deep-rooted questions that point the blame of obesity onto them.
2: Yeah, and it sucks that they're doing that because I mean, these people that like all these articles are being published are making their way to the public and no one knows if it's like like they all assume that it's real because i mean it's all these scientists and all these phd doctors but they don't know the research behind it so when they're reading about like oh it's all personal responsibility i mean that's the like the um discourse that the public has Mm -hmm. i mean it's all like it's all against you and they had some very vulgar terms for obese people like uh, they were lazy. They felt entitlement over them. They were mm-hmm. unkept, unintelligent. I I it just amazes me that people not only like have the like confidence and the urge to say that to people, but it's based off of completely false information.
1: Exactly. And then so now we talk about popular discourse.
3: Um, popular discourse is what other people view obesity and how they think of what obesity is. For example, in Nicole Arbor's video, Dear Fat People, she showed her strong opinion about people with obesity. She she blamed the people that it's their fault they're obese and not exercising enough. Um, She says that she's trying to help obese people by yelling at them and controlling of what they should eat. I disagree on Nicole's view that telling obese people to lose weight actually helps because Mm -hmm. um as recent research has shown science confirmed that fat shaming just makes things worse and another thing that nicole said in her video is that fat shaming does not exist but i disagree on that because people make fun of other people saying that they're fat
2: i mean she kind of wasn't like far off either i mean she all, all those i mean she was given like specific examples of different people like at grocery stores and like stuff like that mm-hmm. and she was using her, her own like she wasn't copying off of somebody else she was, she was using her own original content to describe yeah, their obesity crisis yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah but it's to me it's all based on complete ignorance she's like the thing where she says go ahead lose fat make better choices honey yeah. you don't know how difficult yeah, it is and it, how long it takes yes.
2: yeah I mean it is harder than that but
1: right instead of just saying you know Go ahead and make better choices. Well, there's also other factors that Mm -hmm. made them obese. I mean, there might be, you know, exactly the environment and just how they were treated as a in childhood. You know, they might have a really low Mm self-esteem, and that makes them eat a lot.
3: Um, Another example of popular discourse are the images people relate to obesity like how they associate um, fast food, laziness, lack of exercise or motivation, that they're unsuccessful, um, lack of intelligence, and unattractiveness. On The Weight of the Nation, Sigma, The Human Cost of Obesity, obese people were being interviewed on what it's like to be obese and what it's like to receive comments about their weight. The majority of the interviewees claimed that they were being made fun of because of their weight, their parents said negative comments about how they looked, and strangers took items out of their shopping carts saying that they don't need that. Even doctors, more than half, described their overweight or obese patients as ugly or awkward.
2: What I find funny is that, like, I never experienced that firsthand. Like if i saw that i definitely say that to somebody mm-hmm. like what do you what like you why doing? would you why would you like make someone feel bad and like those people that were being interviewed in that uh in that interview i mean they were like like on the verge of tears and some of them definitely. were and it was like mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. looking, going back to nicole arbor like she doesn't realize that like maybe some of these people are seeing that video and mm-hmm. she doesn't know how it's affecting them like because she's behind that camera
3: right exactly like um, even one doctor was saying I can't I can't to an interviewee
1: okay so
0: I had academic discourse with the obesity crisis and there are multiple different things to consider when looking at academic discourse when looking at academic research one must understand that they're looking at articles of studies from medical professionals so like they have Either a degree or something like that to back up their studies. Profe- these professionals have also have the resources they need to pro- to produce those studies. In the article titled "How Candy Makers Shape Nutrition Science," a University of South Carolina professor named Stephen Blair had asked Coca-Cola to help fund a science fund a research project that he was working on with his students. It is explained that Bla- Blair would basically say anything that Coca-Cola wanted him to in order for them to, to make uh, and sponsor his study. Basically, um, if a medical health professional says anything to the public, um, they just want to take down that study in order for their sales to boost up. Kind of like what Lauren said. They just want to do anything they can to boost up their... Um, sales no matter even if it's mm-hmm. a professional a he- health professional they just don't care about it they just want to make themselves look better and have their sales go up and have more people trust their products and buy their products all the time mm-hmm. um and um a public hoith- health lawyer named michelle simon says coca-cola sales are slipping and every major city is trying to do something to curb consumption meaning they just want everything and to do everything in their power to move up their sales and no matter what health professionals say, they're trying to convince like the public, don't believe medical health professionals, they don't know what they're talking about, only we know what we're talking about because we're the people who put out the product themselves.
2: Which, I mean, it's kind of tough because they're not the ones who went to school for it. Right. So And
0: they just want to make f- money. That's fa- f- all they worry about that's is true. the money and that's all they want to push
2: against the people is the money.
3: Well, okay, that's all the time we have for today.
2: Uh tune in next week for another episode of mm-hmm. Student Talk Network.